AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Kepper, along with the guys on the other side. Did I use that one already, guys? I don't think so. I think this is fresh. <laughs> ben Fratinale, you get points for being the first one to speak up. John. What up, what up? Come on, John. What's up? What's going hey, on? What's going on? Hey! We're in playoff mode, guys. Yeah. Arena Bowl is upon us. And do I... I know we're supposed to be very impartial. Mm, yeah. Talking about the entire league here, but all three of us, nothing <laughs> against the other teams, but all three of us were really wishing for certain reasons or others for the game to be in Albany. And as we'll talk about, it was just, you know, I, I think I think the official title could probably be for this episode is, is shock the world. For sure. Definitely. You know, and last funny, last week's was even better. Uh, expect the unexpected. So... Shock the world. So let's let's talk about what's coming up. We have a new sponsor for the Arena Bowl, a presenting sponsor, which came out of nowhere, but which is good to see. But in order to do that, we have to tell uh, tell everybody how we got there, guys. So leading into game one on Friday, Baltimore had was up by 12 on aggregate over the Philadelphia Soul. And Baltimore won by the same amount that they did in week one. And advanced to the Arena Bowl by beating Philadelphia. Uh, it was 53-41 and whatever the aggregate was. 1-0 something to not enough. So <laughs> um, what, what's, your, what's your thought on that, guys? I mean, Radabaugh, he was 25-37, 274, 6-1. Randy Hippard, only 16-24, 167 and 7. That's what, scary. What, what I know. What was your what was your thought first, Ben, on this game? I mean, Baltimore during this game, Baltimore I, uh, from wire to yeah, wire. So right, I know, and and I think that as much as the aggregate scoring concept made the other series exciting, um, and could have made this game exciting, you know, depending on how it went, it just as quickly sort of deflated the uh, tension in this game. Like mm-hmm. this was kind of a slog and sort of the worst-case scenario for the league in terms of how this could have played out, where once Philly is down by a certain amount, just seeing the aggregate score, you just kind of got the sense there was no way for them to win at a certain point, and uh, it just took a lot of the air out of the game. It was just a tough one. It was very sleepy. I, I, I agree. John? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that as well. I, I just found that, uh, that, sorry, that Philadelphia just had no energy. They just seemed yeah. flat. Flat, flat, flat. Uh, it, I, you know, see, Darius Prince led. He led uh, in touchdowns with two. Darius Reynolds led with yards with eighty-four. Uh, it, it, but you know, everybody seemed to get into the, into the game. Washa got into the in, into the mix. Uh, SK got into the mix, extending his uh, postseason record, uh, postseason streak of receiving touchdowns during the postseason to ten. Um, uh, Lonnie Alla got into the mix also. So, you know, Brandon Talkins for the brigade and Brandon and, you know, the two Brandons and Brandon Collins got into it too. Quentin Sims got one, Jordan McRae. See, we're going to, how much is the league going to revisit this? Or do you guys really think that this is a one and done just based on this game itself? We'll talk about the second game in a minute, but 
if, if the team does get more teams, which there are more rumors that seem to be coming out as we're getting closer to Arena Bowl, it, was this process a one and done? It was exciting. But then you go back and you say, you know, if you look at one of the other games, it's like, okay, well, Baltimore would have advanced no matter what. But Albany would have advanced after winning game one. Do you, do you guys see it being a one and done, John? I think I do. And if we if we do have more teams added, I, I think that solidifies the one and done. Ben? Yeah, I think there was enough, just enough confusion and uh, sort of dismay, ju- just enough of that for them to not want to do it again. I do think it was fun. I do think that the the Baltimore Philly series, you know, again, showed us the dark side of the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if there's more teams, there isn't really a reason to do this. I think with a proper number of regular season games, it isn't necessary financially. And I know this was really a business decision. And I don't think that they'll make that decision again if every team has the properly allotted home games and can make a certain amount of money. I don't think they have to do this again. Uh, So I don't think they will for that reason, really. Looking at the total yards, it's just absolutely mind-boggling that, you know, Philly had so many more yards. But then again, you look at the—with Trevino, he only went one for two on kicking. Um, Yeah, tough one. Yeah. Yeah, Tough playoff. Uh, But but I think it's—yeah, it's true. He really did. Yeah. so did we in the next game too we'll get to kenny spencer too aye, aye, aye. Uh, it's you know with the loss of philadelphia will obviously they are not going to try to shoot for three in a row and by the way speaking of and i gotta have to mention this at least what's your take on the shade that the arizona rattlers threw to philadelphia did you guys see this they actually put out a pr after philly lost and said, so if Philadelphia's lost in the Arena Football League playoffs, Arizona and Detroit will now be the only teams to, uh, to, that will have won three in a row, three Arena Bowls in a row. For a team that hasn't been in the league in three year, or two years, what shade to throw. Mad love. Mad love. Yeah. I love like, it. To make, a, to make a, basically a press release just to, to say they're still the best. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's hype. I love hype. Yeah. I mean, you know, you may as well do it. I love that they're even still alive to be able to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do we, I, I think, can we all agree that uh, Kevin Guy had to have had a hand in this? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I. It's Besides looking like like flat garbage, what <laughs> what, did anything else stand out from this game before we move on to the second one? Well, the Brandons are, you know, they are what we think they are. And I think Baltimore is, you know, who they've been all year. But, right. you know, the three-game skid was was limping into this, and it just goes to show that uh, it doesn't necessarily matter. The Valor were hot coming in, and the Baltimore wasn't. And both, you know, it just didn't matter in the end with this home-and-home series. Mm-hmm. John, did you notice anything else, too? Baltimore's still good at home. Baltimore. <laughs> that's, that's correct. Very good point. Yes. Only yes. lost. Rick squad. Yeah. Only lost this year was yep. to Albany. How can you win when they're screaming brick squad every five minutes? I don't know how it's possible. Yeah. It's yeah. too intimidating. It's way too intimidating. Um, I'm just, just trying to see if there was anything else that I really noticed that was out of the ordinary. So just, they just seemed very flat. I, and I guess the, I, you know it was fun to see to see this, um, but then. I don't know. I I I think that they'll change the playoffs. Let, let's get let's get to the second game. So either way, 
they, they advance. Now, for clarification too, by the way, the, the Arena League happened to mention before this game, before the games this past week, that there have been a, mm, I don't know if it was a modification or if it's a clarification, because everything that we had talked about the past couple, couple weeks, guys, led us to believe that there was going to be possibility of overtime. Well, it seemed that they really stuck with the word regulation, because that's what they had stated originally, and that's how what they continued with. So, if any of these games had gone into overtime, uh, sorry, had been tied after regulation, the only way that they would go to overtime is if the aggregate score had been tied. Other than that, we may have had seen the first ever tie in the postseason in a reign of football league history. Now, luckily, it didn't come to that. It came very close in Albany, as we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. What's what's your thought on this, guys? I mean, was this just an out? Was it for safety? Because I, re- I reached out to, after this PR came out, I reached out to the AFLPU. And they, I said, did they have a hand in it? I was blunt about it. And the answer I got back was, no, we had nothing to do with this decision. And we are going to be uh, complaining, putting in a complaint, or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever they need to do because of this decision. So I think I, yeah, I agreed with every quirk that the over, that this whole series provided. I thought it was all entertaining and fun to think of all the different possibilities. This is the one that I just don't understand. Me neither. Yeah, if you're not going to start the the game score with the aggregate points or with, you know, the net winning points, then why you know, then then why do it that way? You know, you can't start it at zero zero if if you can't go into overtime. Yeah, I agree. I I completely agree with that. Maybe that's what they were thinking because what I thought was cool. CBS Sports Network was actually showing the aggregate score on the scoreboard, which I think was yeah, that was very amazing. nice, amazing. They did the exact right. same thing on the main scoreboard in Albany. They had yeah, this, that was great. They had the aggregate score listed there. So, I again, I I think as I mentioned. The past couple of weeks, I think for them not going, it would have been an embarrassment to go into overtime because if you tied at the there, if you tied, and the, the person who's ahead at aggregate, you lose, but you still advance, which would have happened in Albany. So let, let's right. let's get to that, and we'll we'll explain what everybody's talk what what we're talking about. So uh, Albany Albany is hosting their um, it was their sixth uh, sixth semi-final elimination game. People are saying, why are you saying it? I'll explain why in a minute. And this is a team that at home went four and three, and I think that's one of the few things that we forgot to talk about last week. Did Albany seem flat to you? Or did just DC come to play their asses off? Because DC, they shocked us all by knocking off the number one seeded Albany Empire 4740 and advancing by a plus five, uh, plus sorry, plus six in the aggregate scoring. What, John, for what was your what was your thought when you're watching it on television? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I, that game kind of had everything I wanted to see from the Valor since the inaugural season. Yeah. And, and they scored in the third quarter. I oh, mean, my they, goodness. They, you know, yeah. It wasn't in the playoffs. Did, did they actually score in both quarters in the third? I'm double checking. Keep keep going. I'm sorry. Big if true. 
They did. Yeah, of course, but I think they, they did. did. Yes, they did. Yeah, and that's turned around. You know, the last five or six weeks, we had the coaching change, and we had addition of Shane Stafford and Arvell Nelson. So there's every reason why these things have happened. You know, we can't just sit here and be like, "Well, why, why have they yeah, gotten exactly, so yeah. good?" Like, there, well, there's reasons why. And on the broadcast before, I know uh, you guys were there, but they were talking about how they interviewed some of the guys on the bench and Coach Benji and other people on the team and how they said they were going to shock the world wink wink our episode title and uh they were talking about that on the broadcast so they definitely came to play hashtag come to play i'm just i'm rolling with it right now (laughs) we're going viral oh goodness so i was astonished at their level of play for the second time this season postseason you know that first uh home playoff series game they had i i was just happy how were how were you guys i know you were both there yeah i was gosh yeah Yeah. i was i i think i told you this john already but during the end of the game um i i was my hands were clammy (laughs) because i was you know to be fair i mean as i mentioned before albany is where my my afl experiences started and i have a you know uh sort of a, a liking for the city and for AFL because I know they, they do it right. So I was rooting for them uh, as quietly as possible as I could and being in, in media row. Um, it was, you know, just certain things just didn't seem... Certain things, and this is what we have to talk about, is that took took this Albany team out of the game. You know, the kicking once again was suspect. Um, you know, time of possession, which is really weird to talk about in the AFL, but that's one of the few things. First downs also. I mean, it's they, this game had everything, but they just I, couldn't get over the hump. So, you know, they just, were they, they, is it, do we, do I dare say they, they underestimated DC? I think now, yes. Yeah, I, uh, at the beginning of this game, I was thinking about last week and how Washington, well, basically, this is really the first game last week that Albany had played with actual real consequences. And, and uh, you know, it's been a while for Coach Keefe, and, and it's, it's a totally different contest once something is on the line. And it just got me immediately worried when the game was starting. I just, I was, I kept thinking, you know, Washington has nothing to lose. Albany has everything to lose. They already didn't perform at, you know, top flight last week. Are they just not playoff ready? And the whole game, you know, I was standing at the end of the game in the end zone, like right over the wall. And like you, Tim, I mean, I was freaking out. Yeah. (laughs) But I was, I mean, I was pacing. I didn't know what to do. It was so weird because I obviously couldn't just go nuts. I was standing by other photographers and journalists and uh, I I was trying trying to shut up. But um, I was like keeling over. I was so nervous. And once the... Once they they failed to to convert that final touchdown, right after that onside kick, which I almost flipped you know flipped a shit over, um, I was almost I almost blacked out. I mean, I jumped over the wall immediately because I was like trying to get the shots of it, but I felt like I I wasn't even aware of what was going on. It was just like I was filming Washington Valor players doing like snow angels on the field. I, it was like the most surreal moment yeah. in many years of the AFL and, for me. And you had to capture it. Yeah, I had to, and I had to. I mean, my footage is actually kind of shaky. I'm sure I was just like, <laughs> yeah, out of my mind over there. I mean, there's there's a huge part of me that thinks this valor narrative is extremely interesting, 
And it's it's obviously not good for the league for a team with that record to be in the Arena Bowl. But there's like the chaos lover in all of sports fans yeah. where you see something like this and you're like, wow, isn't that crazy? Like, this is crazy that they're even there. Like, mm-hmm. they have nothing to lose. They're going to win it. And And there is that part of me. You know, it obviously takes away from the fact that an Albany Arena Bowl would have been amazing. Yes, it would. And I think we're all disappointed because, you know, just the environment would have been so good. I don't mind paying to go to Arena Bowl, but man, this is costing me more. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. This is costing me a lot more than I expected. It Um, is actually costing me less, you know, (laughs) for the same reasons, for the same reasons, the distance. Right. Yeah, of course. But uh, I know we all had our our own reasons for looking forward to uh, the Arena Bowl being in. In Albany simply because we thought it was going to be best for the league. Yeah, and, and by yeah. the way, I think it's very fitting. I, I don't remember if I told, I think I told John this. I didn't tell you this, Ben, uh, this week. Is I, It's fitting that they were shooting the television show The Punisher in Albany. Yes. And just uh, that alone, it, it, it's fitting. You know, they're, they're shooting that show there. And yeah, and they, I mean, I mean, guys, look, first downs. Washington had 23 to Albany's 13. Nelly uh, was hot. Y- yeah. Um, and this is the, the, the we, know, we always say that time of possession doesn't mean squat in the AFL. This time around, it did. I mean, Washington held the ball for 36 minutes and 45 seconds to Albany's 23 minutes and 15 seconds. Hey, now, I remember analyzing time of possession early on in the yes. podcast yes. this season, and it did start to matter. Yeah, I know. And, and and for this for this particular, I think it's most of that time, I think, was it, it DC held the ball, I think, for like 11 straight minutes, mostly into the fourth quarter? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So, Which I'm, is so hard to do on a 50-yard field. No <laughs> kidding. No kidding. Uh, Arvell Nelson, 18 to 29, 228, 5 and 1. Uh, former Empire outcast, and that's how they were talking about him this week <laughs> on the broadcast. Doug McNeil the third, six receptions, eighty-eight yards, and three touchdowns. He he basically put Albany to bed. Uh, Josh Reese and uh, Jared Dangerfield also had touchdowns. Um, Arvell also had two rushing touchdowns, which were very player aided. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, yes. Tommy Grady. Um, uh, pr- uh, possible MVP candidate Tommy Grady, fourteen to twenty-seven, two seventy-three, six and one. Uh, Malachi Jones, rookie of the year, wide receiver of the year, six receptions, one sixteen and three. Jordan Williams at two touchdowns, and here's one of the huge stats, which I think is very, very telling. Joe Hill's only had three receptions for fifty-three yards and a touchdown, which is big. Yeah. Michael Benson was nowhere to be seen, and I bring up Michael Benson. Because of the one drive in the second quarter, which was the second quarter, that boggled my mind. Yeah. Where the Empire run Benson three straight times, and they don't yeah. get the first down, and, the, and the, uh, the, the Valor get the ball deep in Albany's end. What? I don't get that. I think it was mind games, but I don't know who, who's mind. Okay. Fourth was being down, played with. and we talked about this. <laughs> we, we talked about this earlier in the season too. Uh, I think it was with DC. Okay, I can understand fourth down from the goal line. Yeah, but fourth down, uh, middle of the second, deep in your end when you were his head was deep in his end. It, it was something. 
Yak, 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 yak. The I, 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 I don't, I do not get that. Don't get that. And there are other things too. There are other things too. Now, I, I mean, uh, well, I think one of the bigger things too is the penalty in the fourth quarter, the unsportsmanlike on Coach Keefe. Mm. Was it, was it, this? yeah, yeah. Was the, uh, no, that was the second quarter. Second quarter. That was second quarter, right? It allowed them to continue the drive and to, and to, uh, to wind down the clock. Yes, that was the second quarter. Again, I'm blacked out. Because that's, that's where Nelson had that one-yard run. Right. I remember seeing that on TV, but it wasn't covered well. They were focusing on something else going on yeah, the, that, on the field during that. It's true, because that penalty was not really announced over air. You're right. Yeah. And also, in reference to Joe Hills, because you guys are at the game, you weren't able to pick up on the broadcast. He was dealing with some sort of cramping or strain or sprain in one of his legs. He was spending some time on the bike. So that's part of the reason why we only saw three receptions. Okay. Uh, luckily, at the uh, DC was up 26-19 at half. I think it was funny, by the way, as Albany was up by seven points at the end of game, uh, at the half of game one. So they were able to go th- to do the, the double score. Luckily, Albany was able to stop them off of a, a very strange... Was that, that was the, the, the interception off the wall, right? Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Oh, I got such a good shot of that, guys. Nice. <laughs> I was standing right there. I'm actually on TV during that shot. How are you? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was incredible, that play. But, you know, it comes down to the fourth quarter. Uh, the Valor were up by seven. Then they were up by 14. That's where a lot of people left. Uh, Albany did score with 30, uh, 27 seconds left. And then a crazy, like it, we've done, seen all year. Crazy onside kick that Albany recovers, and they can't do anything with it. But, I mean, I think, Ben, you showed us some of your footage that you were shooting. Yeah. Malachi Jones did have a shot, but it was swatted away by the Washington defender in the end zone. It was in his hands. Like, when you watch it in slow motion, obviously it's different than game speed, but just— they were so close to winning. It's, I mean, it was an amazing ending. Yeah, I saw your, I, I was, I, I saw yeah. your yeah. footage, and you saw the fans, by the way. There's this little yes, girl. they're cheering. There's this little girl in your footage where her hands are up like this, yeah. thinking it was a touchdown. Um, and I was thinking in that moment, you know, while the ball was in the air, everything felt like it was slowing down because it was such a crazy moment, that this would have been, like, the greatest ending to a game I'd seen in so long. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and just, and I, honestly, it still kind of was. You know, as much as it was a shock and as much as I haven't spoken to any other human being in days, and this is the first human contact I'm having, um, it, it was still still an amazing ending. I mean, you know, defense has its place, too, in these dramatic finishes. It, Yeah. Um, and Obi has had some absolutely yes. key, See, that's key, yeah. we, key we, we interceptions props, this by the season. Way. I mean, DC, yeah. it wasn't just the offense that did it for DC. It was the defense. I mean, yeah. we really have to be fair. Davenport, I mean, he's had some huge plays. Fred Obi, you're speaking of him, he had four, he had four block, uh, four pa- uh, pass defense. Yeah. Four. He led the team. So, I mean, you know, some of the players I'm wondering, too, you know, Albany, again, uh, going for the stride, uh, I can't remember which quarter this was. Oh, it was the Malachi. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was the Malachi Jones <laughs> touchdown. It was in the second quarter where they it was like three straight downs. They did nothing. And then Grady's bomb into the end zone to Malachi Jones for, for a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, play calling? Where, where, was it? Because I know, by the way, because after watching the, the broadcast, you could see that sometimes Grady, was it Grady? Grady was getting the, the call. It wasn't going to the OC. Mm-hmm. So kickers, Spencer, but both kickers are having a hell of a time. 
and I know Ben, you were saying it, when it was a slow mo, slow mo moment. Yeah. And I, I told John this. I think I told both of this on the on the while we we're chatting on on my ride home from from Albany that night. I, I I honestly saw the game going. I saw Spencer missing the extra point and us going into OT. Yeah, for, it for kind of felt like that. It would have gone aggregate, that way. Aggregate, aggregate OT. Right. Yeah, exactly. I I, I would agree. For some reason, I, I saw no, that. I felt that too. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, we can't take away. We can't. There's two things we can't take away. We can't take away how well Washington played, and we can't take away how well Albany did. And they were they were they were they weren't dominant, but they were a good team for an expansion club. You know, just this slight, you know, just this way far away from getting to the Arena Bowl, and. You have to give props where props are due. I mean, Albany is, to me, and I think Ben, you'll agree, and I think John, you'll agree, that Albany is the mold of what you want the yes. Arena Football League franchise to be. No matter how big your arena is, yeah, this is the mold that you want it to be. So here's an interesting stat, by the way, guys, which I had did the research after the fact, and I thought this was very telling. By the way, shout out to uh, Ari and Sed for doing the throwback about the last playoff game that was played in Albany. I don't know, Ben, if you saw that. No, John, I think you saw that. Do you remember what I'm talking about? You they they did a highlight package or No, something? what they did is uh, they came back from, uh, from a commercial break, and Ari, go, Ari started off the broadcast again, and he goes, you know, this is a special time here, and we want to we wanna start this, this. Before we get back to the action, we start off with a little history lesson. And he talked about this, the, the playoff game, the playoff game tonight, the last playoff game in Albany, was played back in August of 2000, where Seds, Arizona Rattlers, beat <laughs> Albany in the quarterfinals. Wow. That was, that was the last game. I'm surprised, John, you don't remember that. I don't. It was in the first half. It was in the first half. John, what the hell? John's already black. John's been blacked out. Hey, you know, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, we're all tripping. So, uh, back to, uh, I digress. So, heading back to what I was saying, Albany, the Albany franchise, Albany AFL franchise guys, in their history... They've been to the to a as I mentioned before. They've been to a semifinal elimination game a grand total of six times. Okay, not 91, 94, 95, 96, 99, and 2018. They're one in five in those games, and the last the last four losses have been by a combined uh, the, the average margin of loss was minus seven points, which happened to be this one also. So that was another variable we didn't even think about is how bad this team is in semifinal <laughs> games yeah to be fair only two have been at home uh three have been at home so three and three and three so yeah uh yeah just stunning tim it's the whole thing when you look at this freaking arena ball matchup can you believe it guys no <laughs> this is amazing I, it's unbelievable it's funny you were talking about this week and you got you know i'm gonna give you props dude and, and you put it out on social media where you were dead on in your last three weeks of the regular season. You know, Albany wins out, Baltimore loses out, and you actually said Washington makes the arena bowl. It's just, I sorry, received sorry, sorry. Washington message. wins the yeah, arena Yeah, I mean, and of course, that's my, that's my prediction still. Yeah. Um, I received sort of a vision overnight. It was a vision quest. Um, I received some did you weird call, cookies. Did you call Miss Cleo? I did. I did. I received a batch of strange cookies and I ended up seeing the future. So <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. The X-Files were all I could think of in that moment. Uh, 
we, we each got some strange, weird things, too. And I, yes, I'm off on mine. But I did say that Baltimore would be hosting the Arena Bowl. And all this crazy-ass stuff that's happened this season. You I did. Would, I, I said that Baltimore would host, even though it's not Philly. It's, it's, it's D.C., which I didn't. I didn't see. I don't know how you didn't see that, but well, uh, you know, Miss Cleo wanted another five ninety nine for the next minute, and I said, "No, I'm done." Yeah. So, um, right. So before we talk about the arena ball and the stuff that's coming up, we did have a GBU, guys. Hey. We did have a GBU this week, and I thought it was very funny um, from Sean. He's an Albany guy. I thought it was really funny. His question is his. His subject header was, can I submit a GBU to the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. And I responded back, I said, dude, of course you can. Of course you can. And oh, nice. He started off as saying, by the way, saying that his heart is broken. Oh, gosh. His, his heart is broken. Um, and he goes, that's how, sometimes how the cookie crumbles. But he, here's his GBUs. Speaking of cookies, wow. Speaking so, sorry, go on. Okay. <laughs> uh, his good is the Washington Valor. There's no doubt that they have turned their season around and that they are firing on all cylinders. Many people expected Washington to be uh, good coming in this year, and obviously the uh, Davila injury hurt. I disagree with that. But now that they got settled in on the QB, they are a team that many expect we're going to, uh, to see coming into the season. I, I, I actually agree. I partially agree with that. Partially agree with that. Because I went back and listened to what we said at the beginning of the season, and uh, we actually did say that dc was gonna be a pretty garbage team because of the head coach but changes changes <laughs> happen coke is yeah. bad coke is bad uh his bad speaking of bad albany uh albany empire play calling and game management running three times in a row to turn it over on downs in the opponent's end sorry it was in their end they're into the field when you have two of the league's best wide receivers and probably the the league mvp qb is mind-boggling um add add to that not going for two when they were backed up, uh, what is they when uh, not going for two? When they were backed up by penalty? Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about that on the PAT attempt. And the worst, and the worst of all, throwing the ball short to Malachi Jones in the final play of the game. What was that? He goes, that pass has to go into the end zone. On the broadcast, you could hear Coach Mark, uh, sorry, Coach Moss, saying to Grady and company. Last play, last play, so they weren't looking for a quick hitter to put the ball over the wall. Because that's because that's the play they ran. I, I couldn't believe he stayed in bounds. Yeah, I know. It just it, it, it's it's it that type of thing is mind boggling too. Um, his ugly, the optics of a three win team in the mm. arena bowl. No doubt DC is playing great, arguably the best right now. But this doesn't look good at all for the casual observer. Albany played Washington six times this year and beat Washington five. So they are five and one against Washington with a season, uh, with a season long total points scored of 300 to 230. But because of one game, a three and 11 team is playing for and could very well win the championship. Hats off to the Valor for taking advantage of the system that was put in place and getting hot at the right time. But the optics of this is ugly. Thank you, Sean. And he goes to us. Uh, great job on the podcast and keep it up. Oh, thanks, Sean. It means a lot. Love the fans. So I, I, I actually agree with a lot of his stuff here. It's true. They were just plays that were just mind boggling. It just didn't make any sense. He had a follow up here. Hold on a second. Oh, he wanted to say this just as a comment. Uh, it, CBS broadcast made a big deal out of the people leaving the Albany game when Albany was down two scores late. 
They did. Yeah. I, I think that was overblown and more was made of it uh, than it really was. Uh, you were there. What did, what did you think? Yes, yeah, some people did leave. It's the product of Albany being a quote-unquote expansion city. But, you know, uh, he goes, remember, even though the Firebirds were there in the 80s and 90s, most people didn't go to the Conquest games, which I can, ver- I can vouch for. Mm, yes. So for a lot of the fans, this sport is new to them. And it will take, uh, take a season or two for everyone to get into the same page. So um, he, sent, he also sent something, too. He's talking about the onside. And I'm trying to see what it was. But, uh, but either way, I, I'm di- I, let me digress here. It was loud. It was loud in the place. Um, so we ha- have a matchup now where it's not something that we really expected, guys. Uh, game will be at the Royal Farms Arena on Saturday. It will not be in D.C., as we found out after the game, and which actually had been broken, I think, uh, on social media. And we find out, I think, John, you mentioned it last week, I think, it's because of the issues and the construction that they're having in the concourses over in D.C., yeah, I know. It's true. I said that a few weeks ago, too. I just had, I kept saying, there's no way they can have the Arena Bowl here. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. God, that would have been fun, too. It would have been, still would have been cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have flown into Reagan instead of flying into uh, BWI. Um, so we find out that uh, there is now a league sponsor, uh, now a, a presenting sponsor in Bud Light. And it's tied in, I think, very well. I think I, you would, I think... Johnny, I think you might agree with me on this one. Bud Light is a huge sponsor for both these monumental teams, right? Yes. The they Party Zone. Are. Yeah, Party Zone. Exactly. They're going to be doing something special uh, in the stage stage area over at uh, Royal Farms, what look, that, which I'm happy about. At least it'll look like they're doing something there. Um, we found out today that the media day, for those of you who don't know, is going to be open to media only, and it is going to be on the 27th, so Friday the 27th, uh, uh, mid-afternoon? I'm trying to remember the... Uh, yeah, early evening. Yeah, early evening. It's going to be early evening. I'm sure, by the way, stay tuned for any announcements from the Arena Football League. I'm sure it will be broadcast on MSN and it will be broadcast on, on AFL Live. That's speculation, but I'm, I'm pretty pretty confident in, in saying that. I think it'll be available somewhere. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, I know there are quite a few fans from across the country that are coming. And props to them. Yeah, to see the game. I think, uh, far as I think, some of the farthest ones I think they're coming out is all the way from Can- from Missouri, if I remember correctly. So, and here's some interesting stuff about the game itself before we talk about our picks. Uh, DC guys becomes the third team in AFL history to advance to an arena bowl with a 500 or worse record during the regular season. Uh most recent was the 2006 Chicago Rush. They were seven and nine, and they actually won Arena Bowl 20. To, uh, sorry, Arena Bowl 20 versus the Orlando Predators. And speaking of, the other team is 1999 Orlando Predators, who were seven and seven, and they lost to the Arena Bowl to Albany in Arena Bowl 13. And this this stat blew your you guys' minds. I think when I read this to you earlier, Brigade quarterback Randy Hippard becomes the first quarterback in AFL history to start in back-to-back Arena Bowl championships for two different teams. Yeah, that's pretty... That, that, one, yeah. that one's surprising to me just because the AFL has such high turnover. I was just surprised that hadn't happened before. Um, but I guess, you know, it makes sense. It's only 31 years. Yeah, I think you also, when you get the different... You know, the game changed, and then we had guys... You know, because remember, said was a mainstay in, in said. Then D- Davila was at mainstays. Yeah, great teams held on to their quarterbacks. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia went from well, from what, from Graziani to uh, to was it was, was it Graziani? Durazio. To, to Durazio then, but then to to Red Rocket himself. Yep. Um, Tampa Bay in in Gruden, and then PO. Um, so yeah, it's I, I'm you know and some of these one-off teams that that came in, I, I checked too. That no, it, it never happened again. Amazing. So, and also uh, interesting that uh, the distance between these two teams, by the way, guys, it's only thirty-seven point four miles between the arenas in Washington and in uh, Baltimore. It's the shortest distance between two arena bowl opponents. Second longest being or second shortest being. Tampa Bay and Orlando, which met twice. Good old war on I-4. Yeah, 84, yeah. 84.6 miles, and then from there, the third lo- third shortest, do I dare should I say shortest now, uh, is 307 <laughs> miles, Detroit and Chicago, and for Arena Bowl 2. So, Five Dimes has this game, and it's it really the, 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 the line, it really has not moved much. I know, Ben, you're sort of smacking yourself with your prediction. Why did Miss Cleo say, why don't you go ahead and make a bet? Yeah, there was no mention of sports betting when I had this vision. So oh. that kind of sucks for me. I've been talking about that a lot this weekend, just how I sort of botched my chance to hit it big. But wait a minute, I thought you had I thought you had Gray Sports Almanac that you stole from Biff. Well, yes, of course. I've also time traveled, but that's Great a whole other Scott. topic. That's for my <laughs> AFL time travel podcast. I don't want to talk about that right now. That's <laughs> well, you pre- can't because yeah. you haven't taped it yet. Exactly. Actually, I have. I have taped it in the future. And he came back just for tonight. I came back for tonight. Just you know, I had to show up. I had to show up for this one. <laughs> the game itself started off at minus eleven. It still is a minus eleven. Uh, Baltimore is the favorite, um, and over under is ninety six. I, I think it's a fair line, considering considering the you know they're not taking into account, I guess, what 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 DC has done, but. Do you feel that they will look at that and say, hey, you know what, that's sort of a slap in the face? Or, or they'll use it as bulletin board material? I think for the Valor, it's, uh, it's just another one, you know? This is every week for them. So um, uh, for their purposes, I think it's a great thing. Uh, I don't think that it benefits them to be the favorite at this point. You know, they're playing with whatever fire they have from being the underdogs. And, yeah. you know, don't get rid of that now. So I think that the line is misguided, but... You know, I, I think this is like a almost a pick 'em right now. I don't think you can really predict uh, how the Valor will perform. It's almost uh, only I can do that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm I'm kind of going to disagree with the both of you. I think I I see how they might have figured this out. Okay. 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 So you've got the two aggregate scores from the playoff series. Uh, Baltimore's was one ten. Yes. And Washington's was 103. So you've got a one score differential there. Uh, So they gave them a little bit more than a one score differential. Okay. It's fair, I guess. Yeah. But still, who knows? Yeah. It depends on how you weigh the teams they were playing to. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the Valor are hot right now. Yeah. I checked over over at Massey, and Massey had, they were at, uh, they were at minus 12. Um, and I'm thinking, if I remember correctly now, I think that the line may have started up because I know that we, I know that we we tweeted it out um, what the opening line was. Uh, no, no, it's still at 11 and a half points, so it, it hasn't moved a tick. Hasn't moved a tick. So, what are you guys looking for, Arenable? Now, okay. By the way, we are going to try to shoot uh, to tape something while we are there at Arenable. Um, schedules are a little messed up for 
to, for us three to get together. We're going to try to do something. So not something that we normally do. Well, Ben, we already know your choice anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll still get, we'll give our arena ball picks anyways. And if we have to do a post-game show, we'll do a post-game show next week. We want to make sure that we do give you guys the, the shows that we did promise you. But we're going to try to do something at Arena Bowl, no matter what it is. Um, I mean, how do you see this game going, guys? By the way, we have heard through the grapevine that uh, a couple days ago that there had already been 5,000 seats uh, taken, called for, sold, whatever you want to say. Purchased. Purchased. There are already those. So Huge that, if true. That, if, that bodes well for, for that small arena. Yeah, I mean, the fact is, however they get people in there, if they do, it's going to be awesome. Because it's a smaller stadium, it's going to be really loud. The environment at Brigade Games, the production of those games is actually fun. You know, it's it's a lot less uh, knotted up than the Valor, who have a very professional presentation. Uh, Baltimore is very loud, and they have a DJ, as we all know. I don't know if they're going to do that for the Arena Bowl, but I hope they do, because... It is a very fun environment. So if there's a lot of people in there, I see it being this, you know, a heck of a time. You know, when we first saw that it was going to be in Baltimore, I think we all were sort of dismayed because it seemed so bleak and the stadium is older and smaller and it just seems like a downplaying of a major event. And that's all true, but <laughs> it's possible that it's just as raucous as as we, you know, had dreamed of. Yeah, as long I think as long as the game is as long as a good show is put on, we may just forget about what the arena is like. Exactly, yeah. I mean, right now I I have everything with game in, you know, the the arena in Stockton. I got I got a I I will make my my judgment when I first walk into the arena, I'm sure. So, um so it's I mean, John, I know what are you looking for? For this game, I mean, it's you've been to the arena, you've seen what's happened so far. I mean, it's where where is your head in all this? <laughs> I'm not sure, really. I'm just thinking about media day right now, right? And as far as what I want to see happen, I mean, I want to see the Valor upset the Brigade, and I want to see this place packed out. We were looking at tickets on Ticketmaster before we started taping tonight. And we saw that it seems to be that a lot of the tickets are sold in the available sections that were on Ticketmaster. Right. So if if this is true, then we're going to have a very loud arena. Uh, you know, it would be great if it was as loud as Albany. And I hope to see Arvell Nelson just dropping dimes. That's definitely the key to the game, isn't it? It probably because is. Because he yeah. is the kind of quarterback that really gets cold and, and hot. And right now he's hot, but yes. we've seen over his relatively brief career as a starting quarterback some serious streakiness. He looks incredible, and then he may just you know completely go cold on us. Um, I hope to see him just like you know gunning out of the gate uh, in peak fashion. Otherwise, the game will slip away very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, let's see. I was trying to check, because we don't have the... It's not broken down by stats, but Tampa Bay, the last time that these two teams... See, uh, Hippard... Hippard hasn't faced him yet, right, since he's been back, or has he? I'm trying to remember here. Has Baltimore... Baltimore played him? Played, uh, were they, uh, that was, was that one of their three losses? I'm trying to... I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to look here real quick. 
I went back to 2017 because I know obviously with Arvell was yeah I, I do want to say they did play against him in week 13 uh, where Washington won 42 to 35 okay um, yeah Nelson yep. it was yeah, Nelson. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah actually it was Shane Boyd in 2017 where was Arvell Cleveland yeah I know Cleveland uh, at Tampa okay so Tampa beat Cleveland with uh, the same two quarterbacks um 62 61 so Hippard won that game and then Hippard and Arvell Nelson again Cleveland won that game and then there is here's the the blowout all right yeah this is the game that Tanner Marsh started but Arvell had to come in because Tanner Marsh got hurt but still Cleveland got shellacked by by 30 so they played each other before a lot of the it's it's very cool for me personally just seeing this Arvell Nelson arc yeah. I was at the first game that he <laughs> was brought in uh, to quarterback. And I remember because Cleveland's QB got injured against Philly in 2016. And, you know, Arvell was a linebacker. And, uh, you know, his, right. his yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was a linebacker. And it was just like, I, I didn't know whether they were just going to run like some sort of wildcat offense. I didn't know much about him. Obviously, now we know he has a history as a quarterback and then was converted and was sort of their emergency QB. And uh, it's just crazy to see this arc of him becoming like a reliable AFL quarterback, then him not even playing this season, then him getting signed so late, and now he's playing in the Arena Bowl. It's just amazing. Only in this league, guys. Only in this league, fellas. You know, they, he, he got hot when he needed to. Yeah. That's the thing. Yep. Um, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go. Um, I understand what DC has gone through, um, but I think... I'm I'm uh I'm going Baltimore. Ooh. I'm gonna go with Baltimore in this one. Spicy. Spicy meatball. It is. Actually I guess that's the mild meatball, isn't it? Yeah. It would be the the Valor yeah. is the spicy. Yeah, the meatball. Valor is the very spicy meatball indeed, yeah. Uh Omar Smith obviously he's going for another championship. His first as a head coach. His post game reaction was so good. Oh yeah? Yeah. I mean his uh you know, his tears on the field, that oh, was yeah. great. Oh yeah. Great job, Randy Gatewood, taking the mic away from his mouth as he was crying. Come on. <laughs> that was my biggest gripe with how that all ended. This guy's pouring his heart out for, like, the first time. Yeah, it's true. Keep the mic right there, guys. And by the way, if you head over to arenafan.com, you will know. If you go over to our uh, to the game preview for the game itself, we have a lot of the uh, Arena Bowl records and single game leaders that we have in the database. Yeah, I think that's very cool. Good job, to, guys. Be able to, to check that out. So, um, besides that, don't also don't forget also that we're going to try to be as as active as we can on social for the next couple of days up through the end of Arena Bowl. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. I know we're going to use that quite a bit. Those are slash Arena Fan. I don't know what we're going to do when it comes to uh, to YouTube, but maybe we'll try something there. That's at Arena Fan Online. And if you want to listen to any of the shows for this past season or any other shows besides that. Uh, ben, I'm sure you, you've you've gone back and, for all I know, you were standing behind me when I was shooting that when I was recording that first one. I just didn't see you there. Oh yeah, you and your time I know. machine. I I have dug back and listened for nostalgic purposes. Uh, go over to uh, Google Play Music. Go over to uh, the iTunes, or if you want to listen to the, up to the last three shows, head over to our account over on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash/ArenaFan. And if you want to email us, do so at tim.capper at arenafan.com and I will pass the information along to the guys if it's for them. So, uh, arena bowl. <laughs> I'm, it's one of the times I'm always, 
I'm enjoying show, um, I enjoy coming to this game, um, even though this will be my 11th Arena Bowl championship. Um, it's like each of them have their own different. It's just what you guys were talking about. They all have their own story. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, John, I know uh, I'll be seeing you on Thursday. Uh, sorry, Friday. Yep, Friday. Ben will be seeing you on s- sometime on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I'll be ro- running around the field. And I'll chase you down. Yeah. yeah, John, I know, and I will be pretty right. tight at the hip. Yep. Yep. And to all the other fans that are coming there, be safe, have fun, reach out to us. We'll try to meet up and, and do something, whether it be in the hotel lobby or whatever. Um, but uh, I hope to enjoy the game. And, I hope to enjoy the game. And maybe what, uh, now that I think about this, John, what we could do is once we hear the new uh, the other uh, winners for the awards of the year, and if there's any other news that happens to break, I think that would be the best opportunity for us, for us to, to do a, a quick show. I, I would agree. Uh, so um, other than that, guys, any other last thoughts on leading up to uh, Arena Bowl? the last game of the 2018 season. I do have a thought, Tim, actually. Uh, This may, in fact, be the end of an era for the AFL. Uh, We obviously, everyone has sort of slogged a little bit together the last few years, the last three seasons, really, through this era of mass contraction for the league. I, I do think that, in a way, it has brought everyone very closely together, uh, the players, the coaches, the fans, uh, the media, everyone has sort of been in this together as we fight through uh, this tumultuous period where we've lost a lot of teams and we're, we're really running on hope that we expand in the future. And so it's very possible that this is sort of the end of that period. And as we move into hopeful expansion next season, we may be moving back toward a more, you know, viable large-scale arena football league and we'll look back on this and we will chuckle I and mean, remember that year you know we did the pod when we were just working through it and and we had four teams but that's just to say it's an exciting game it may be the end of an era and a start of something new so we'll see what happens yeah john any i thoughts? think we can just leave it at that yeah I, i'm looking forward to it it was a brand new start just not only for the arena football league but for us here at afl tonight this is not the this is not uh, the end of AFL AFL tonight in any way, shape, or form. It's just a new beginning. So uh, we hope to speak with everybody uh, either later on this week or next week to to close out the 2018 season. So for everybody here at AFL tonight, for John Stark, for Ben Fratinali, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net. <laughs>